0: So I was interested in us talking about um, or addressing the question of the dominant story. What's the dominant story at the moment? Because this came up for me when I was walking the other day and thinking about quite a lot of things, actually. Um, I think initially I was responding to having watched bits of the Oscar ceremony. Um, and and th- and things that arose for me uh, out of some things that people said mm. at the ceremony, um, and that idea of the dominant story is in one of our principles. Um, we talk about there being a multiplicity of stories, and that's about a number of different things. I think for me, um, one is the idea that we are all made up of hundreds of different stories of our own experience Um, and the other is that there's different perspectives on our own experience so that we can all over time reframe experience or, or or tell it in a different way find a different story that comes out of that experience
1: and and how the telling of a story and and therefore somebody listening to that story changes what the story yeah is because sometimes, you know, I've had the experience of working on one of my own stories and thinking that it's about one thing. And then when you actually work on the story and you tell it yes, and whoever's listened to it can reflect back to you. Oh, but that, it, that story is about this, this or that. And you don't even know that that's in the story. Yes. So multiple perspectives. Great.
0: Yes, absolutely. That the listener will bring their own stories to bear on your story, as Mm. it were, their own interpretation of your story, which gives another perspective. But I think in this idea that we all have many, many stories is the fact that we can all have a dominant narrative. We can find that um, we have dominant narratives about ourselves that play um, and they are not the full story. Mm,
1: mm. Yeah, and we can... Because... They're a dominant story for us, a dominant narrative. We can think that that's the truth. Mm. We can think that that's it. Mm. Um, but, you know, every day when we uh, clear our listening together, mm. I I notice the things that I'm thinking about. And that's where, for me, my mm. my dominant narrative or dominant story will show up because... Mm. If, if I'm, you know, if I'm talking about thinking, oh, I'm always late and, uh, you know, Dan thinks I'm rubbish because, uh, you know, I'm late into the office or, <laughs> or whatever it is. That, if I think about that, that's a story that I'm yes. telling myself. Yes. It's a story about a number of things. It's a story about uh, me not being able to be on time, which is, or in some situations, because there are many situations where I'm always on time. <laughs> Um, but coming into the office, it's like, do I have an, uh, do I think that I have an inability to get here on time, and do I think that you have a judgment about me not being able to get in on time? And those are, oh. those are sort of, they can be a dominant narrative that shows up, and and a narrative that's not helpful because it mm. doesn't help me to get in any earlier if I think, oh. You know, my my coworker is going to be cross with me. And also, it's
0: patently not true that you can never get here on time. Uh, you uh, yes, know, exactly, it's, exactly. It's a story that you can tell yourself when on those on those occasions when you're not on time. That that's the thing that you do. I mean, we all we all have those. Oh well, this is the thing that I do, isn't it? We, um, this is this is who I am. Oh, I'm I've I've always been rubbish at maths, or whatever it might be. Mm. those mm. It's just a story that we tell ourselves. And it's always interesting when you take an opportunity to, to to challenge yourself about what those dominant narratives are, I think, or somebody else reflects back that it's not the full picture again. Somebody from the outside says, but hang on, that's not the story that I see.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. and that's why I think, um, you know, in the last 10 years working with my story, working on my stories mm. because then you kind of can see your, your, your story. Of course, it's absolutely part of me. But when I tell the story, when I put my story out there by telling it to somebody, then I get to have a look at it and see, oh, that's the mm. story that I've been telling myself. Mm. But, but like you talked about the Oscars and so mm, then, mm. so that's a different thing. So that's an event that's a a world event, or oh, it's a yes, yeah, an event. It's an event <laughs> that's that's happening out there. So that's in the world. In yeah. the world, and you know, and living in Britain this week, you know, waking up on Monday morning because we the Oscars happened for us in the middle of the night Sunday, coming into Monday, so waking up. Monday morning after Oscars, I know when I put on the Today programme, there's going to be something about the Oscars. And I look at Twitter and all the the stories and the way that that's reported. But of course, living in Britain at the moment, it, there are a number of narratives. There are a number of stories that we find ourselves in the middle of.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the Oscar thing for me came up because... The the award ceremonies we've seen recently, um, there's been the BAFTAs and the Oscars and we have Joaquin Phoenix making really bold and important statements about um, the time being right to open the space up for people of diversity, to understand um, how the space has been closed off for those people, to recognise the lack of diversity in the In that whole system of awards that 's been a big thing hmm. this year around hmm. female directors and people of color and um, it just it just had me think that it 's about representation in the media is about people not not seeing their story, not hearing their stories told and I had a conversation with somebody recently about um, you know, people, people of colour going to the cinema, going to the theatre and, and seeing their lives represented back to them. The lack of, comparatively, people of colour that you see in a theatre mm. in the West End or um, in London, unless, and there's more and more, there's a piece that's about their experience. And a couple of times last year I was in the theatre, once in the Young Vic, seeing a, a piece with Letitia Wright in it, And there was uh, the proportion of the audience was more people of colour than not, Mm -hmm. and also Mm -hmm. seeing Nine Night at the Studios again about Afro Caribbean experience of uh, uh, Awake, and it was really exciting to be in a theatre and uh, and be part of other people feeling their lives being represented in front of me. So it just made me think about this idea. Um, about representations, about seeing your story and your story, therefore, um, having some validity out in the world.
1: Yeah, and as a white person going to the theatre, having the opportunity to see a different kind of story being told. Yeah. Because, you know, and suddenly... uh, I think my experience has been, and it's and it's like it's um, the experience is getting faster and faster for me in terms of my um, waking up to the idea that I have been looking at the world through my story. my story yeah. through my lens, mm-hmm. which can't be anything other than. A white woman's lens on the world. Mm. That's that. That's what I've seen. And so mm. now we have the opportunity to go to the theatre or uh, to see a film. Or, you know, anything, anything. And or to an art gallery. To an art gallery. To to Read see. A book. Yeah, to see and listen to work that not just tells somebody else's story, but because it's told by a person of colour, then you know that actually, ideally, you you are able to step into that world and see it through that lens and see a different lens. And that to me is really exciting.
0: It's interesting um, because yes, it's what it's making me think of um, as well as this book that has just come out um, about these Mexican migrants, I think, written by a white, American woman. I don't know what it's called. No, and I was just looking up to see if I could find it. But um, the whole question of whose story do you have the right to tell? And it's very, it's a very contentious issue because I've heard um, Zadie Smith and other people defending the writer's right to write um, any experience that their imagination mm. um, has, you know, feels free to write. Um, and yet um, it's, it's really been called into question, this book, as cult- cultural appropriation, because this woman doesn't have that experience and the whole book, it sounds, is within that culture. And I think underneath this whole discussion is the fact it's not a very good book. So therefore it's full of cliché and um, kind of crass, generalisations about how we might see that experience and that so makes you wonder well if it had been better written better researched maybe more nuanced would she still have got the same critique against her in the same way that has condemned her even putting pen to paper to write that experience let alone what what came out when she wrote it
1: yeah and i Oh, I don't, I don't know what the answer to it is because if I think of Kazuo Ishiguro, who wrote Remains of the Day, which is, you know, set in a country house, the English aristocracy in a particular moment in time. Mm. Um, uh, and it's not, I, That's that, not his world, That's one assumes. N- no, that, that wasn't his world. But I, I guess as artists we... We draw on things. But at the same time, I know that I work in personal story and part of what I love about the personal stories that I get, uh, that I feel, you know, I get the privilege to listen to, have the ring of of truth, of course, yeah. because people are, you know, when we sit in a, in a circle with people and they share their stories, um, those stories cannot be... Um, Uh, what's the word? Well, they're kind of bulletproof because they are, this is my experience. This happened to me wherever I grew up or whatever my experience is. This is my story. And you can't
0: take it away from me. Yeah.
1: And then the other bit of me is an artist who, I make pieces of theatre and I write dialogue for people who aren't, you know, white women in their 50s. And so how do I, how do I know what that child might say or, or, you know,
0: so, yes. Yeah, so in the world of um, personal story, sharing your own story, um, the, whose story do you have the right to tell? Your own. In the ethics of storytelling, if you like, you are an expert in your own story and it's yours to tell or not tell if you wish to. Mm. Nobody can force you to tell your story and you own your story. Um, but as artists, yes, your ability to throw your imagination into another world and explore it through... Through your own experience of being a human being, not a white woman, but a human being, mm. and mm. Um, human emotions and human challenge and um, it's it 's a very different question
1: yeah and that's and that 's the other thing that I have listened to stories from all different kinds of people, and what happens in the in the our story circle is that actually what you can hear in anybody's story no matter mm. how old they are or where they were born or how much money they had or how much food they had was mm. that actually there will be a a seam in the story which is universal yes. which is the which is the human experience yeah. which yeah. is for me the point of listening to every story listening to the multiplicity of stories
0: um because because we will find our points of connection with somebody else's human experience Mm. whether or not we've lived the detail of it there's so much more that we share as human beings than than we don't share in in through circumstances and yeah and that brings brings me to your your other point and the point that was in my head too about what 's going on in this country at this moment what 's going on in the world but let 's start with you know what 's going on in this country just post the election in that space where we are you know according to everybody a divided country, and we know it can feel like that, but it 's certainly being named as that, and then now that the narrative of the Johnson government is that that's, that moment is gone and we have to heal these divisions. And the whole idea about the narrative, listening to people talking about the election, going into the election, you know, the failure of narrative on on the side of the remain argument and the, and the success of the, of the narrative on the side of the leave argument and the get Brexit done narrative, you know, the clarity of that message... Is is all around how we respond to story on a very simple level.
1: Um, I think. Y- yes, yeah, and I'm 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 trying to think about what you're saying. Um, you know, with a kind of not just thinking about how how I feel. Yes. You know. Yes. As as a remainer in this. <laughs> and because that's that's me just kind of being immersed in this story and pulled into this story where I'm playing I might, your part. Out I'm playing story my or... part in this story and my part in this story is all about, well, OK, OK, now we're you know leaving. Let's let's see how it all goes for us, shall we? Which actually I can I can hear just underlines separation and yes. and and division.
0: But if we so what's another story that we can that we can inhabit, which which just circumvents that whole narrative of division because that's the dominant narrative Well here now
1: yes and I, I I, we're all in this together which is you know the undoubted truth just to quote George Osborne uh, yeah um, is, uh, is that the only story that can kind of save us mm. we're in this together and then we have to hope that leaders emerge you know and they might be in government or they may come from somewhere else entirely mm. as the leaders actually who can uh, know, you know see a way out of this
0: yeah and my sense is that it's going to take a lot more than Boris Johnson saying that's water under the bridge to change the
1: story yeah just saying it doesn't, doesn't take, it doesn't make it make it true no it's going to
0: take some time and I think some a bit of consciousness. I mean, I'm glad you, we're having this conversation about it because it just, you know, you acknowledging how you're playing the parts that you've been given to play in a sense mm. and how, okay, what if I don't want to play that part? What other part can I play and be conscious to shift, shift the narrative on a personal level? Because ultimately there's no there's no big change without the small change. We, well, the only thing we can really do is change ourselves like moment to moment, isn't it? Mm. Change, okay. our own, change our own, change our story moment to moment.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, when it was New Year and thinking, you know, another time when you think about, okay, what's the story of this year going to be? Thinking about resolutions, things one mm. things one might start doing, I think at the beginning of the year, it was about, uh, was about that consciousness to think, okay, so th- this is going to be a, the dominant narrative of this year, being, being a Londoner, um, being somebody, and I often catch myself saying that I come from England, and then suddenly, I'm noticing how much more politically charged that feels saying that I'm English, which is sort of how I... I kind of identify I'm yeah, English, yeah. Um, and at a time when it feels like well, the United Kingdom could break up over this, um, then that feels very political. So I'm like, no, I want to call myself British. Um, you know, while well, I can fully understand. Anyway, I don't want to get. No, I see. I keep being wanting to be pulled into the story, but anyway the the really what if i'm thinking about a dominant dominant narrative for myself it's more about so get involved get involved because actually all any of us can do is vote is to read about what's happening and from you know a source that isn't just twitter isn't just one source is to understand what's happening to show up and campaign because more than anything else, all this idea of, you know, let's get it done or it's done is about turning off that part of ourself that actually think, realizes that we are a protagonist in this. And I am a protagonist in this and I do have a power in this narrative. And very often it feels like, well, I don't have any power. I voted to remain, but I don't have power any more than that, because we're leaving. So where's my power gone?
0: And for me, yeah, I mean, that's, I said, you know, uh, moment to moment, kind of day to day, is changing our narrative. And that's you talking very actively. And I think also around this is, there's a multiplicity of stories. You know, you've mentioned Great Britain or United Kingdom. i thinking of the diversity. It's for us all to acknowledge the multiplicity of stories that is within um, the people that live in this country.
1: Yeah, because there are still stories that have not been told Mm. and certainly not Mm. listened to Mm. about why anyone voted the way that they did in the referendum. There's just a kind of... We think we know why people voted whichever way and we don't know because we're still not listening And Mm. and there are stories... Yeah. So let's keep listening
0: or let's start listening.
1: Start listening. Let's find a way to start listening. Let's do that.